Broadcasting from Great Gate Studios, it's time for Connected with Lori. Tune in every other Wednesday to learn about the future innovation of technology and advanced tech trends. Here's your host, Lori Caruso. Hello and welcome to Connected with Lori. I am your host, Lori Caruso. On our show, we highlight the future innovations of technology. On this show, we're going to do something different. We are going to highlight an important topic, human trafficking. It exists. It exists today, and it's in the U.S., and we're bringing light to that. I'd like to welcome my guest, Ashley Bryant, from Three Strands Global Foundation to talk all about human trafficking. Hi, Ashley. Hi, Lori. It's so nice to be here. Thank you so much. Good morning. Good morning to you, too, and thanks for being on the show. You know, our audience is always captivated by technology, but, you know, we have to really highlight some of the important things out there as well. So I'd like to talk to you a little bit about human trafficking and Three Strands Global Foundation and what you guys do today. Absolutely. I'd love to be able to talk about that. You know, when you opened the show, I love that you said um, human trafficking is happening in the U.S. Because I think that that's one of the things that we address at Three Strands Global Foundation is that oftentimes Americans believe that human trafficking happens overseas only. And the reality is, is that it happens right here in the United States in plain sight um, to our American kids, to our American youth, our young adults. And really important for us to understand what it is and what it isn't. It's really important too. I mean, you hit it. I didn't know that it existed in New York City or California or, you know, all of these places. And I I noticed that California, Texas, Florida, those are really important states that are highlighting the importance of human trafficking. Yes. In fact, you know, the National Trafficking Hotline every year puts out a report for how many cases, how many incidents of human trafficking have been reported by state, um, which is really important for us in the anti-trafficking movement. As an agency, we want to be able to see how many survivors have called for help, how many people have reported what they in their gut sense is human trafficking the crime. Um, and we're seeing those numbers go up and especially with this pandemic. And we also, as you talked about technology, the role of technology as it relates to human trafficking is something we're seeing on the rise as well. Wow, that's incredible. So tell me a little bit about what you do at Three Strands and the importance of Three Strands collectively. How yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So I think that in order to be able to talk about what we do as an agency, one of the things that I know you're super passionate about and I love is this fact versus fiction, right? So what is human trafficking? It's both commercial sexual exploitation or what we call sex trafficking and forced labor. So there are two elements to human trafficking when that are measured in the U.S. by the National Trafficking Hotline. So what Three Strands does and our mission and our vision, our vision is a world free from human trafficking. So free from forced labor, free from sex trafficking, and not only in the U.S. but in the world, but our mission is around prevention. So at Three Strands, we focus in on how do we prevent sex trafficking from happening? How do we prevent forced labor trafficking from happening, right? So in our prevention, then we go one level down and we talk about three areas or three E's. We talk in threes a lot at three strands. um, And that is prevention through education, prevention through employment and prevention through engagement. So how do we, in this umbrella of forced labor, and sex trafficking, focusing on prevention in education, employment, and engagement. That's really what we do at Three Strands. Wow. Is in there. Yeah. 
That's pretty incredible. So now how do you get out there? I mean, what's your method of being able to prevent, teach, and get the message out? Yeah. So each of our initiatives, the three E's, we focus in on different areas. So the first E of education, um, the beautiful thing about it is that we started 11 years ago. So we have been a nonprofit for 11 years. And in those 11 years, the focus has been um, really what Frederick Zegles said a long time ago. Um, it's stronger to build strong children. It's easier to build strong children than it is to repair broken men. So with that, it is, can we start with our youth? Can we educate our youth on the tactics of traffickers on, um, you know, to trust their inner voice or that gut feeling? Because we're almost 90% of the time, actually 99 research says that it's accurate. How do we teach our children to um, do when they're online to be safe? What does that look like? How do we have open conversations with them? So we start with the education in schools. So we have a protect program, it's called, in K through 12, we actually train all educational staff. Um, and then we also make sure that the staff are actually teaching students. So that protect program is holistic in nature. Um, and it makes it so that a school community is protected, you know, right? So we make sure that the whole educational staff is trained, then the students are educated by the teachers who see them day in and day out. And then there's a protocol that we put together so that if someone's identified or if someone is um, self-identifies that they can actually get the resources that the resources they need through this protocol that we will have developed with the schools. The, the beautiful part, because you focus in on technology, is that we have a partnership in this program with Arizona State University, and we are able to use a platform called the Growth Platform. So it's not just a learning management system. It's how do we see our teachers grow in their knowledge? How do we see our students grow in their behavioral change? And with that, we see prevention, right? That's how we actually see preventing the crime is through this holistic view. Now, the other part of education is training. And so we have different corporate segments that we've gone in out to the world where we do training, whether that's wellness advocates or that is the um, transportation industry or the fire um, firefighters association and industry or the wireless industry. So because of our 11 years of working on um, raising awareness and increasing knowledge, we really can step into this training component too, as well as the education component for kids. Well, and I think that's critical. I mean, we talk about prevention, education, clearly, you're seeing it statistically, what that does. And, you know, getting out there and starting at such a young age, that's, I mean, that's the target, right, for the most part. How do you see it, though, from education? And is it working as far as comfort level for people to be able to identify first, but also bring it out? What's that comfort level like with this education? Yeah, it's a great question. So I now tell you that we are in um, four different states uh, with this program and, and expanding every day. Um, and part of what we've learned along the way is to really meet teachers where they're at. So your question, do they feel comfortable identifying? Do they even know how to identify? We are um, constantly surveying and doing focus groups so that we can understand, do they know how to do this? One of our questions on our surveys, we know you're a mandated reporter. How comfortable are you above and beyond being a mandated reporter 
actually identifying and reporting if you see human trafficking. And we have 95% of those who have been trained that said, I feel comfortable in being able to do that. So when we see that type of response, we think, okay, we know, <laughs> okay, we're actually hitting the nail on the head. When we have other questions where we may not see, you know, 30% in the beginning and 95% at the end, which was that statistic, then we think, okay, should we adjust the question? Should we adjust the training or the curriculum? And those questions, those surveys really help us navigate um, the impact and where we need to adjust and where we don't need to adjust because we're actually hitting the mark. Well, that's important. And that's great to hear. There's no question. And, you know, I've got to say to, at least in the industry that I'm in, in the wireless industry, I'm seeing such, you know, such a grab of, of wanting to help, um, you know, from the Tower Association to, you know, the Firefighters Association, like you're saying, these are people that are on technically the front lines fighting, you know, what they're trying to do, but having that education also, so they see something, they know what to do, what to say and how to protect at that point. Tell us a little bit about what you see on the front lines and what people can do to help. Yeah, absolutely. So we, um, we talk about recognize and notify, right? So if there, there are red flags, there are indicators that help you or I or anyone be able to identify if someone potentially could be a victim of human trafficking. Some of those things, if you see a young um, girl or a young man who has two cell phones, now we see a lot of cell phones in you know business, but if you see someone who's a younger age who has two cell phones, that can be a red flag. If you see um, a man or woman with a circle of either, you know, let's say for, in this case, a man with a circle of young women, and they are going from hair salon to nail salon. Um, and they seem to be very, you know, following him in a way that's um, rehearsed. Um, when you have a conversation or just say hello, they don't look you in the eye. Or if you ask a question, they look at him to get the answer and then back to you. And I'm genderizing this, but it could happen to right female or male. So it's important for us to know that. Um, the propensity in the United States is female, the higher percentage of those trafficked are female. Um, but I always say that because it's it happens to, to young boys and to men too. But I think it's important for us um, when we think about first responders to be able to know what we're looking for, right? One of the cases that just recently was happening in California was an alcohol and beverage control officer that was doing routine accountability at a convenience store. And in checking the convenience store, he happened to see through the door a mattress and then seeing someone washing in the in the mop sink. Well, that that right there, right, was enough for him to think, huh, that's odd. Why is this person washing in the mop sink? And why is there a mattress behind that door? Right. So something wasn't right. And he wasn't quite sure as a sort of first responder in that place. Okay, what am I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but I guess law enforcement would be my first place to go. And so for firefighters or for law enforcement or for teachers, those who I believe are our first responders, nurses, doctors, if there's something in your gut that feels like this is just not right in a hospital situation, we've had a survivor share with us. She had gone for broken bones because her trafficker had hurt her so many times and abused her. But in the hospital, he was always there, right? He was always there being able to answer. And so it wasn't until he actually was asked to leave and it was because a medical professional felt like something wasn't right. 
right? And so in that situation, being able to get the trust of that, that victim to be able to say, Hey, I don't know where you're at, but I'd love to be someone who can help you if you need help. Um, so that, you know, there's open conversations because a lot of times traffickers will use tactics of, um, fear and manipulation to be able to make it so that the victim doesn't feel like they can talk to those first responders. They're evil. And they're, it, the, the trafficker has really told them they're evil and bad, and they're going to you know put them in jail, or they're going to, um, be more abusive than the trafficker is themselves, right? There's those manipulative mind games. So someone who's a victim oftentimes doesn't have that level of trust, even for our first responders who they should trust as they look out in the world. So open conversations, open questions are so important on first responders, victim advocates going with first responders. So they know what it means to be what we say trauma informed, right? Trauma is something that this, a victim of human trafficking has experienced over and over and over again. And so they, and, and trust is not something that comes easy. So a first responder, it might take some time. It might not just happen like that, but if you can identify it and report it. Now, if you're a first responder, you actually can do be the one who can be first, right? But if you're someone like you and I, we would report to the National Trafficking Hotline, or we, if it was imminent danger, we would do 911, so law enforcement would arrive. So those are just some of the things. Well, and the some of the things are really important because, you know, the every day that we, we are existing, we're not thinking about what could be or what exists today. So it's really important from an educational perspective for all of us in this in this world to be able to identify to that. And I think that's why it's so critical to get these messages out, have these conversations candidly to be able to, you know, address this important topic. Ashley, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back after these messages. Three Strands Global Foundation's mission is to mobilize communities to combat human trafficking through prevention, education, and reintegration programs because they believe that prevention changes everything. Want to know how you can make a difference right now from where you are? Head to www.3sgf.org to donate or register for the Break Free Run, a 5K, 10K taking place Saturday, April 10th, of 2021, with proceeds benefiting Three Strands Global Foundation prevention programs that empower survivors of human trafficking to pursue a future free from exploitation. You can register as a virtual runner to participate from anywhere in the world. If you or someone you know is being impacted by this crime, please call the National Human Trafficking Hotline at one 888 373-7888. You'll be glad you made the call. Welcome back to Connected with Lori, Ashley Bryant from Three Strands Global Foundation. I'm so happy again to have you on the show. You know, just before the commercial break, we were talking about the areas where you wouldn't suspect, but you're seeing like first responders going into buildings first and then identifying certain aspects of this human trafficking first responders, doctors, what are some of the other professions that might also help to call this out? 
Yeah, actually, great question. So one of the things we did years ago and have continued to partner with agencies on is is actually educating TSA agents at airports um, and making sure that our airports and their staff understand what to look for and identify. We don't have an amber alert for flights, right? So really important for us to be able to have our our folks who are at airports and our, our pilots and our flight attendants to understand what trafficking is. The other places where we know that human trafficking is occurring, if there's illicit massage parlors, really important for us to be able to, you know, know what's legit versus what's not, right, in a massage parlor. Um, you know, trafficking can happen in restaurants. Um, when we talked about forced labor in the very beginning of the show, um, if someone who is not paid for their work a fair wage, that's forced labor, right? If there's debt bondage um, where they're held and they have to pay off a debt in order to be able to work there rather than getting paid, that's forced labor. Um, you might see in the agricultural areas, right? So if the, you live in a state where um, there is a, a fruits or vegetables um, um, or a, um, a textile like a cotton, right? There, there are places where we also see distribution centers where forced labor can happen. So there, the forced labor component can happen in that. The other thing for us to think about is that sex trafficking can happen in any place where um, there is a, um, a, a component of uh, highways that are going by and or focus in on um, high populations, high density. Um, when the oil um, sort of movement in the Dakotas was happening, there was an uptick in reports of human trafficking um, for a short period of time as we saw that little explosion there in the Dakotas. So I think that, you know, exploitation of kids and, and young adults can happen anywhere, but we have to think about those industries outside of just, you know, a um, a strip mall or a strip uh, joint, right? People are thinking, oh, is trafficking happening, you know, at that those types of places, but it's not happening in these other components or these other places. I mean, it can, a nail salon, right? I mean, you think about keeping your eyes open when you go um, and do what, you know, your normal daily routine. You just need to keep aware. Keep aware. It's so important. You know, I remember, you know, seeing, thinking, bar scenes, alcohol distribution may lead to something like sex trafficking. And, you know, seeing the visibility, if you go into the restroom, you might see a flyer, you know, to call it out, see something, you need to say that. So, you know, it's great to see the awareness and prevention, but there are so many, like you're saying, so many other areas where you might not be thinking it's existing, like the TSA line. So it's great to hear this and what we can to do to help prevent it for sure. Yeah. I'm also curious, you know, with a pandemic, things have changed in our worlds tremendously. Do you see um, an uptick? You were mentioning uptick. Do you see an uptick with human trafficking as a result of the pandemic? Do you see it maybe go down because bars aren't really open? What, what do you see there? Yeah, no, it's a good question. So it's interesting the way that human trafficking has um, human trafficking is happening because people are vulnerable, right? And, and all of us are vulnerable, but there's a continuum of vulnerability. And so that that human trafficking doesn't stop happening because of the pandemic. In fact, traffickers are, have been emboldened because they know they can go to different um, shelters where or group homes or even you know with the foster youth that often are very vulnerable. They have the ability to step 
step into those places in a more emboldened way because law enforcement is focused on pandemic things or law enforcement is focused in other areas. So it's really important for us to be able to think about, you know, how has this pandemic happened? How has it affected us in our day to day, but also from a technology perspective? Um, you know, we know that there have been so many that have been affected by um, online grooming or online predators. And that is something that we need to be able to be aware of, right? The, the pathway to our children is from the internet, the pathway to our children who are online on school, right? If they're not in person now has that many more gateways for people to come to our kids. So we need to be able to think about that component as well. And we know that year over year from 2019 to 2020, that the numbers have more than doubled on online exploitation, which exploitation, when I talk about that, that means that if there is um, sextortion happening, that's under human trafficking. If there are other parts of um, pornography that is happening, that falls under human trafficking. So important for us to know that the online component has exploded during the pandemic because people are online so much more. Makes sense. Wow. You know, Ashley, I'm also curious too. I know you have done such amazing strides or taken strides to get into certain states in the country. And I'm curious because it's not everywhere. Not every state's taking this on. How are you approaching the other states and what can they do to help get involved? Great question. So, you know, we are in Texas, California, Utah, and Michigan now. And, um, you know, we would love to saturate the entire United States with our Protect program and then our Employee Plus Empower program as well. Um, But we really think it's important for us to be able to have good conversations with the folks in leadership. Um, So whether that be a superintendent at a school or whether that be an attorney general's office, because we worked with the attorney general's office in many of the states we're in, um, who are law enforcement enforcers, right, for the state. But we just want people to reach out to us. You can come to Three Strands Global Foundation's website, um, which I'm sure we'll, we'll have so that you guys can get there. But really just reach out to us and ask us. We are um, able and capable to scale in any state now because of the way that we've put our programming together. And, and we'd love to have a conversation with anyone who's interested about bringing either the Protect program or the Employee Plus Empower program to their state. It's so critical to join forces. And I know from a social media perspective, we absolutely can do that. I see a lot of high visible uh, people out there. Ashton Kuchar, Tim Tebow has been amazing getting that word out. And we definitely need to all join forces to do so. And my ask has always been, we can't do it alone. Let's team it up. Let's figure this out and let's make it happen together. Would you yeah. agree? Oh, 100%. In fact, you know, I would say so when we think about anti-traff- the anti-trafficking movement, I mean, it's been around 20 years, right? We we just celebrated um, that at, um, federally because President Bush was the first to actually um, implement the trafficking in persons office. Um, and then every administration af- afterwards has reauthorized the trafficking in persons, um, you know, office as well as all the work that's done in, in Washington. And so we need not only our celebrity 
celebrities, as well as our athletes, as well as our government. We need our nonprofits, our victim advocates, everybody, our survivor leaders are so vital to this movement, their voices to be heard, their lived experience to be shared, however they want to share it in order to be able to work together. Because in the beginning, things were fragmented. I mean, we've been doing this for 11 years and there was not a lot of collaboration, a lot of fragmentation. We're coming, we're getting better at it as we go along, but it's so important to your point that everybody move in the same direction, be using the same statistics, be saying the right facts and not fiction so that we actually can make a dent and we can disrupt the economy of human trafficking because that's how we can do it is together. Together, absolutely together. That is absolutely my ask. So you talked about the survivors. I'm curious, what happens when they are getting over, you know, this tragic peace portion in their life? What happens to them? Where do they go? How can we help them? Yeah, no. And, you know, I, I have been, I've had the privilege um, to meet so many amazing survivors over my career in, um, in the last 11 years, just men and women who young girls and boys who I have just, that are incredibly brave and um, so courageous. And, you know, I, I, I think the best way to, to talk about survivor leadership is to talk about our Employee Plus and Power program. You know, we have served almost 300 survivors and at-risk individuals through our Employee Plus and Power program. And those individuals and their stories, their um, ability to um, have experienced the level of trauma that they've experienced and to actually be not only thriving now in a job, but actually saying, I'm a good parent. I understand my true value and worth now for the first time. I understand that I have, I had dreams when I was a kid that I never knew I could realize them. And now I'm able to do that. That just brings me almost always to tears, helps me sleep at night. You know, when I think about the stories that they've shared with us, um, but they are incredibly important to listen to. And all of what we do at Three Strands is um, built on what they have shared with us and what they have been able to say, um, this is the direction you need to go. Um, this is the way that you that you need to be able to have conversations with those who are victimized and then in the survivor um, you know, place. These are the ways that you need to interact with us. Um, and these are the ways you need to um, lift us and empower us um, because of not only our lived experience, but because if we choose it, because we'd like to be able to use our stories for good. Um, so it, it's really um, quite remarkable. Now there are some, and, and I will tell you that the reason I got involved in this this was my friend's daughter was trafficked. And, you know, she has shared with me, actually, it's not a, it's not a journey of like straight shot, right? There's ups and downs and we need to understand that and recognize that, that um, it's not just a trajectory that's up, that there are ups and downs along the way. And we need to be patient as those who are in this movement and in this um, just, you know, the supportive nature of, survivor leadership. We need to continue to empower them. Just after all, there's hope. And I love that you brought that out. Mm -hmm. Education, prevention, and know that there is somebody out there to help. And so you can have hope. It can happen to anyone. Ashley Bryant, 
Three Strands Global Foundation. I really appreciate you calling this out, human trafficking on our show today. Whatever we can do to help support you, we are here to do so. We'll have the number also on the screen as well and the website for others to get involved. So again, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much, Lori. It's been a pleasure. Interested in being part of our show or advertising on our podcast? Contact us at info at fifthgenmedia.com for more information. We'd love to be a part of your success.